This is HSBC Global Viewpoint, your window into the thinking, trends and issues shaping global banking and markets. Join us as we hear from industry leaders and HSBC experts on the latest insights and opportunities for your business. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome. I'm Sun Yitan, Product Manager, Digital Data and Innovation at HSBC Security Services. Today, I'm joined by Sebastian Borgé, COO and co-founder of The Sandbox, as well as Rajiv Tamala, Director, Digital Data and Innovation at HSBC Security Services, to talk about the metaverse. What is it? What kind of opportunities will it bring? And what does it mean for financial institutions? Thank you both for joining me today. Thank you, Sini. I look forward to a very interesting conversation uh, with Seb yourself. Thank you as well. I'm really looking forward to a great conversation with Rajiv. Thanks, Bo. So, Sebastian, let's start with you. Perhaps we can begin with what exactly is the metaverse and what do you think are the core elements to a metaverse? Well, you, you see the metaverse is essentially this myriad of virtual worlds where you as a user can access through an avatar that becomes that is a 3D representation of yourself and becomes your new digital identity. You get access more social, more immersive, more fun, more creative type of experiences. And unlike what we've seen before, because so far what would be mostly like a virtual world, the main difference is that you as a user will truly own that digital identity will truly own your, all your content, whether they are wearable, they are equipment, they could be uh, content you created yourself or content you own as you engage through those experiences, your virtual land, your virtual houses, even your currency. And you can use in any of those virtual worlds that content without having any constraint to transfer it from one to another. Yeah, that's a great definition of the metaverse. As you pointed out, the key difference is really the ownership of your identity as well as your digital assets uh, in various metaverses because of the interoperability. I think this definition of the metaverse could possibly evolve in the next few years and it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But of course, foundational elements would largely remain the same. If we go along the lines of exploring the elements of the metaverse a bit more, Rajiv, perhaps you can share some of your thoughts on how you think digital assets and possibly services like decentralized finance tie into the metaverse? Yeah, so it's interesting to look at digital assets, right? So, you know, if you purely start to look at this from a financial services perspective, digital assets are simply a newer and better way of representing assets as we move from paper to dematerialized assets. You know, we're just moving on to a different form of representing assets. What Metaverse brings to the forefront is a fact that you can start to represent a lot more physical objects in a virtual world. You can start to own them. So the type of assets one can own is going to explode. There will be more ownership rights, like digital identity, yourself in multiple virtual worlds. Uh, and with more ownership rights, these ownership rights are going to be modeled as assets. So what digital assets are going to also allow then is going to be interoperability. There's going to be multiple virtual worlds in metaverse and you want to move these ownership rights across uh, different 
virtual worlds and the tokens or the digital assets are going to make that value transfer or the ownership right transfers possible across these worlds. So I think that would be a primary use case. I mean, the functionality that we are looking at is interoperability. So this is it, it is going to be an interesting uh, few years, I think, uh, because there's going to be an explosion, right? Explosion of different kind of devices, different kinds of assets. And we have to actually look at, you know, how these things come together, what kind of interoperability can be achieved uh, as well. But I think the decentralized finance concept or the digital asset concepts is going to be a, a foundational infrastructure, I think, you know, that is going to allow this system to thrive and survive. So I think based on you know what Sebastian has explained about the metaverse and also what uh, you have just described, Clearly, I think we're alluding to the fact that there is a distinction between a decentralized metaverse versus, you know, a virtual world that's built for Web2. So, Sebastian, given your experience in building both uh, Web2 virtual worlds and also now in the sandbox, what would you say are the key opportunities the metaverse can bring that exceeds, you know, what we can already do in Web2 today? Yes, there is clearly uh, a differentiation. What we're um, talking about on one side are in the case of Web2, they are like centralized world garden economies where one platform, uh, one operator of the platform essentially is providing uh, to their users a virtual world where they can engage with an avatar, etc. But essentially, these users do not have the possibility to take that avatar and connect with it on other virtual world, they don't have the possibility to exchange with other users their assets, not even transfer it, not even sell it. They might provide marketplaces, but the marketplace, but they do not let users sell their other digital assets on external marketplace as well. Essentially, they also do not have like the, they have a centralized way to manage the currency if. If there is one in place where that currency and its exchange rate is actually being defined by uh, the operator of the platform rather than uh, the free market. On the other side, what Web3 is trying to, to provide and what we've been putting a lot of effort on at Sandbox is to really start from the user first and the community first, meaning that we've built Sandbox around providing the possibility for users to have the full ownership of all the content that contributes, uh, that constitute those virtual worlds, and also the possibility to truly benefit from like the value the users provide through their activity, whether they are creator or they are just users or players, meaning that the time they are going to dedicate and invest into like uh, the various activities um, that are part of those worlds, including sandbox, is actually valuable. And that time, is also can also be turned into a revenue stream as all the action you do, uh, all the content you might collect or earn is also a token on a blockchain that can hence be sold on a marketplace, uh, even an external marketplace to the platform. We also seeing, a, a, and that was a very good explanation of interoperability, the possibility that even once I'm no longer interested in spending time with my avatar or, or all the content I made in one of those decentralized virtual worlds, 
I absolutely can take them and use them eventually into another world and developing this whole metaverse with one idea in mind, again, to provide an environment where people can be more creative thanks to this technology, but more importantly, can benefit the most from all the value they bring, meaning like they keep 95% of the revenue they generate from selling their content. They can sell all the content on any other marketplace if they want. Um, and that's also a big disruption, a big shift versus the rest of the industry. The fact that users are stakeholders in the growth of this of this virtual world, uh, whether they are participating to the creator economy or just engaging, uh, as we discussed before, meaning that it aligns the incentive between the platform and the user. It's a win-win strategy where if your community grows, they bring more users, users are also the first to benefit from that effort of growing the community. Yeah, I really like the idea of aligned incentives, which is something that I don't think the Web2 has really presented the opportunity to the creators especially. So thanks for that, uh, Sebastian. Rajiv, any thoughts to share on how the metaverse is making a tangible impact on the economy of intangibles? The redeeming factor of the last three decades is primarily the the rise of the intangible economy, right? Traditionally, economists have been uh, looking at, uh, you know, how capital is invested uh, and what do firms we do with that uh, capital? You know, do they buy plants, produce physical goods? Uh, with the advent of internet, again, Web2, in the 1990s, the idea of the knowledge economy came through. And Metaverse is primarily taking the whole knowledge economy into, into the next level, right? So... Uh, and and the firms that are going to operate in metaverse, they're going to spend 90 to 95% of their capital on intangibles, right? On creating product platform that position a firm to compete in, in the markets uh, that deal with intangibles. The organization capabilities are geared towards creating intangibles. So uh, I think, you know, on a whole, the metaverse is also about creating, you know, goods and services for the intangible economy. Uh, and, and and we touched upon digital assets, right? So I think this is the first time uh, in the history of mankind we are going to be provided with tools that can produce non-revalorous goods. That is, multiple people can use the same thing simultaneously without any penalty, right? That is basically a, a redeeming feature of digital assets. But at the same time, you can also make a digital asset that can be revalorous. That is, you can actually code a particular asset in such a way, my own identity, that if I am the owner, so me, only I can use that particular thing. So you can now create a non-revalorous asset or a revalorous asset for the first time. Uh, and you can make it durable or perishable. That is, a particular digital asset can be only used once and it can perish after that, or you can make it a durable asset. And, and the marginal cost of doing all this is going to be extremely low. And what is this going to give is an opportunity to creators to create all of these things. So what we will see, again, from the intangible economy perspective is you're sort of going to allow people to create many different kinds of experiences, assets associated with that experiences, different constraints, and I think it is going to lead to an explosion of innovation. Not all innovation can scale or will scale, 
but it will also give opportunity to creators to experiment and innovate a lot more and you know some things will fail some things will succeed but you know the experience of running an experiment and the cost of doing it is going to become even lower than web 2 uh, and that's basically uh, what i think is going to be special about in metaverse right so you sort of bridging the physical and the real worlds as well like never before Mm. And what I'm hearing is it's not only incentivized activity, you know, we also have incentivized innovation. Now, we have been discussing this from a user uh, perspective. How about we flip the picture and think about the, from the perspective of the service providers uh, to the metaverse? So maybe, Rajiv, if I can start with you, what do you think the metaverse means for financial institutions as service providers? And then also, why should they care? And what would be the key difference to services in the metaverse? It's, it's going to be an explosion of opportunity, right? So first, we have to look at what kind of use cases do we have in metaverse, right? I do think there are two distinct segments in the metaverse. There's going to be a large number of users who are going to chase immersive experience. And there's going to be a large number of either creators or firms or builders that are going to these immersive experiences and financial institutions are going to have to embed themselves into the experience creation part. They need to basically come in to enable the creator economy, the, the build economy of the metaverse. That is both a challenge, a threat and an opportunity, right? A lot of activity that needs to get into metaverse is at a, a micro level. This is largely going to be driven by user interactions that are seeking immersive experience. So first, you know, from an immersive experience part, I think it's going to touch different parts of users' life, right? So retail, gaming, music, you know, all these are going to be immersive experiences. And the firms that are going to create these experiences are going to sort of transact with these users many times over, right? It's not good. And they're potentially going to sort of have a lot of transactional charges, which are we are really, really micro. And financial institutions have to be able to support these, these micro activities there. And they have to now start to look at compliance at this micro level, payments at this micro level, and, you know, maybe lending and borrowing at this micro level. So that's going to be the opportunity that the financial services institution are going to enable. Yeah, but I think there's definitely advantages in moving fast and even trying to experiment, although Perhaps, you know, in the mind of financial institutions, the Web3 and the Metaverse space hasn't quite reached critical mass, right? But we have seen, though, rapid growth recently in the number of users of the Metaverse, I think especially in the past few years. So I believe the Sandbox has crossed 2 million uh, in users, but in the minds of many, it has not yet reached mass market adoption. Sebastian, how do we make the Metaverse more accessible to a more diverse audience? Absolutely. Well, actually, we already passed the 3 million registered users, but you're right that even though that Sandbox is one of the largest now decentralized virtual world, it's still very small in comparison to the Web2 centralized platform, which boasts hundreds of millions of users, if not more. Which means that we have a great avenue for growth. And the great avenue for growth is, is going to come, in our opinion, mostly from providing interesting content first for people to want to engage to the metaverse. So that's really cool. Rajiv, do you think financial institutions have a role to play as well in making the metaverse more accessible? 
So this is primarily about come come for the content and stay for the engagement that different uh, brands have, right? So that is that is going to be the the primary theme for Metaverse. So now the question is, how can financial institutions play a role in play in making that accessible? As Seb was pointing out, right? So ultimately, you know, what matters is the ease of use, convenience, uh, and of course, right? So the user experience matters. So. Uh, how financial institutions can sort of help enable that is again going back to my uh, original point around the so being able to support that micro activity and how do you enable those micro experiences right how can you add value to the user activity rather than trying to extract value out uh, so in some ways that you know being able to support the activities at a very very small scale uh, but you know sort of being able to support high volume of those activities is what the financial service institutions can do to make metaverse a bit more accessible the challenge again is, uh, is around letting this technology mature enough because sometimes and as you correctly point out it is not yet become mainstream it's a super high niche that is because again right so how does one participate in metaverse how easy it is to sort of access it uh, you know sometimes it could be as simple things as like do banks have enough lending for hardware that individual users have uh, have to buy in or you know what kind of credit models are the firms that are producing these hardware getting this there's going to be some financing element to it right so there's going to be some amount of risk that you have to take uh, there's some amount of micro activity micro compliance that you might have to actually provide so all these this is in some ways infrastructure right it is not just the financial services organization but it is also the the metaverse builders that have to come together to create a conducive environment for adoption and that's where i think the financial institutions have some role to play and as you already know so there's a bunch of financial institutions already experimenting trying to learn what the metaverse is about and how they can add value to the users in it so more such behavior is required uh, if any and i also think that one of one of the value that financial institutions can bring is to basically bridge that trust gap because some of our clients right might not be seasoned users of the metaverse or they might be pretty new to the web3 ecosystem so at least in the initial days i i think you would agree with me uh the financial institutions do have a role to introduce clients as well to the metaverse and web3 as well as to bridge that trust gap yeah the trust gap is, is a very interesting thing right so that is the role you for any new things right uh, you know you know there's always going to be a gap and known brands right so and that is probably one of the reasons why a lot of brands coming in uh, into metaverse and there is an incentive for the brands as well right so they sort of close the uh, trust gap so, but your point around incentivized for innovation is also interesting right so how are financial institutions themselves incentivizing their customers or incentivizing the staff Uh, to sort of participate and learn about uh, metaverse right again you know that's the key because the barrier to access the entire tooling for metaverse is going to be you know potentially much lower as i was mentioning and that would support a large number of small niches and that's if financial institution can enable a significant number of very small niches you know there is this value in them right they can today you have different segment of customers that we serve seniors like you you go after business banking you have you go after local large corporates i think there is going to be a segment of clients and customers that are going to serve the metaverse customer and 
their requirements would be very different from you know a small to medium enterprise that we do and requirement going to be what is the what are the kind of financial products that they are going to look at and these are going to be all intangibles right so and in you and i know that valuing intangibles of a specific company is going to be extremely hard and that's some area that that we need to sort of understand how to evaluate the value that a company in metaverse is adding to the user how do you how do you provide a meaningful valuation to that particular service that is where i think you know financial institutions would have a role to play in making it accessible yeah definitely maybe one thing i'd like to add as well to this is like well do you as you're going to see a growing number of users spending time from a couple hours of day to sometimes more engaging sometimes learning sometimes working socializing with their avatar into decentralized virtual worlds or sandbox those users they are typically not the kind of users who are walking into a bank branch or like usually like interacting with financial institution as our parents have been used to do so when those users who spend most of their time or a good portion of their time into virtual world engaging with other kind of experiences this financial institution that are also part of that same virtual world that interact in it offering value offering experiences making it a cool fun place where they want to hang around even if they do not buy the financial product they do not hold their uh, asset immediately over time if those institutions start offering services such as for example like hey you know you all the nfts you earn all the tokens you earn as you spend time as a creator or as a player into the decentralized virtual world now you can host them with us we recognize you as a revenue stream and we can go even further we can provide you a loan so you can buy your next character you can buy your next land and because i can see that you have acquired a trusted reputation in those environments all of that on blockchain so it's fully transparent then i believe those financial institutions will be the big winner because they will have shown that they are really where it matters for the future for that generation yep indeed so maybe one final question to you sebastian uh, we have heard about what the sandbox has done uh, in terms of creating experiences as well as attracting users by lowering the barriers to entry providing tools for creators uh, providing entertainment as well as multiple types of experiences across gaming e-commerce finance and also you know building this community that is incentivized right to perform activities on the metaverse so this is all that the sandbox has done what is in store for sandbox in the future and what is your vision i see there will be million of jobs created in the metaverse some of those jobs definitely will relate to the creator side whether like you're an architect fashion designer game designers level designer house designer interior designer all of those are already existing jobs from the real world but they're also existing jobs in the metaverse and we're seeing thousand of artists people with those different skill sets as well as hundred of builder studio who specialize in one or the other of this area but there are many other jobs and we want to make sure that sandbox is a viable option for anyone to enter not the only option our goal is not to be like a winner takes all kind of situation like we've seen if not what would be the meaning like what 
would even make sense to take your asset from one to another. On the opposite side, we, we work hard to even bring to life the NFTs from a lot of other web-free communities. So we add value to them. We allow to have a place where they can socialize, interact, create, but also more recently, people of crypto, which is a very diverse and inclusive collection for support of women in Web3 or LGBTQ plus communities in Web3 as well. Because ultimately, I feel like we have this unique chance, all of us, to make the metaverse a more inclusive place to correct the mistakes that we've seen in the real world, whereas there's a lot of inequalities based on where you're born, what your social status, one of your parents, education you receive, inequal access, chances of access to opportunity. All of that, actually, just to conclude, I think like we can make things right by being right from the beginning, more inclusive and reward all the contributors uh, that, that contribute to create, make this place, the one where we all want to spend time. Yeah, that sounds really exciting. You know, the opportunity to create something from scratch and create something more equitable for everyone. So it sounds like there's a lot of things for you to do, Sebastian, and I can't wait to see what the Sandbox has in store for the future. And Rajiv, just to wrap up, what do you think the metaverse will look like in five years' time? Yeah, right. You know, we are probably hurling ourselves into an entirely new economic system uh, economic paradigm, largely powered by intangibles, right? So running in still in parallel, you know, supported by the the DeFi infrastructure, the distributed ledger infrastructure, a lot more number of assets. Uh, and that's primarily what an ardent supporter would predict, right? A parallel, entirely parallel new economic system that is more open, inclusive, and, you know, there is healthy governance, uh, but that's largely done by the community. But at the very least, right, you can basically say that we are in the midst of a technology evolution that would lead to a new kind of compute environment. Experiences have to be the number one consumable pattern. And everyone else is basically competing to provide that, including financial institutions. Yeah, indeed, predicting the future is difficult, uh, but I think it's clear that the time is now to innovate and experiment and also figure out what value our organization can bring to our customers in this new world. So thank you so much, Sebastian and Rajiv, for your insights. Um, and, but that's all the time we have for today. It has been a really fascinating discussion into the future of the metaverse, both from a world builder as well as a service provider perspective. So thank you. Thank you very much for having us. My pleasure. Thank you for having us. Thank you for listening today. This has been HSBC Global Viewpoint banking and markets. For more information about anything you heard in this podcast, or to learn about HSBC's global services and offerings, please visit gbm.hsbc.com.